know what? I have not heard from Morris for a while. I haven't seen Morris for a couple months. Morris? Morris, are you in there? Morris isn't here. Never fear. Super Mouse is here to save the day. Super Mouse? Well, Morris, 
Memorial Day is when we remember the men and women in our armed forces who have fought and who have died and sacrificed for our country. What? Yeah, Morris. There are brave men and women who go and fight to protect our country. Well, Morris, not quite, but they fight for us. They have given up their lives so we can come here to church and so we can worship whenever and however we want. They have fought and died so we can be what we want when we grow up. They have fought and died and sacrificed to keep our country free. Morris, you know, they fought for all Americans, even if they didn't know your name. That is very brave, Jeannie. You're right, Morris. In John 15, 13, in our B-I-B-L-E, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. I know, Morris. There have been, and there still are, many brave men and women who have served and are still serving our country to protect us. When you hear of someone or you see someone who has served, you can tell them, thank you, Morris. That would really mean a lot to them. And you know what else you can do? You can pray for the families who have lost somebody who have, has died and fought for our country. That would be nice. I know you can, Morris. I know you're a good prayer. Prayer. <laughs> there are lots of things they have done for us, and we will never, even never know. They are very special people, Morris. They are heroes, Jeannie. Real heroes. You are right, Morris. They are heroes. <sighs> they are. Morris, where are you going? I'm going home to take off this silly cape. We are free to do things just like that. Bye, Morris. Bye, Jeannie. Thank you. Yep, see ya. Well, thank you, Morris. We appreciate that message and Jeannie as well. It's important to recognize this weekend that there are many people who have served our country and uh, have given us the ability to worship in this manner and and have the freedoms that we do. And we just want to extend a thank you to all those who are watching and tuning in right now who have served our country. And we just want to thank you for your service. And we also want to remember those that uh, perhaps have lost their life serving our country. 
and we just we honor them today. And um, wherever you may be at, if there's special people in your life that you're remembering this weekend, we pray God's grace upon your life, upon your circumstances as you reflect your loved one. The message today is entitled, The Greatest Serve. And we're going to pause on our Nehemiah series just for this weekend. I felt the need to do that given the Memorial Day weekend and um, to be able to honor the things that are happening this weekend. And um, I feel led to go to Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles with you right now or maybe your phone, you can open up to your Bible app. We're going to get into God's Word this morning, and this is in Mark chapter 10. When uh, James and John, and if you read it also in Matthew 20, James and John's mother come to Jesus and they bring a request to him, and we're going to walk through that this morning. But before we read, I do want to take a moment that at times you'll notice in this service there's a number that you can text and someone can reach out to you and pray with you. Just simply text the word pray to the number that you'll see on the screen or that you see in your parking lot packet. And people want to uh, lift you up in prayer and be there for you if you've got any kind of need. And we certainly want to meet you in that need. And so feel free to reach out to us. Before we read from God's word, let's go ahead and have a moment of prayer together. Father, we thank you so much for your word and how it speaks to us. Lord, your word tells us that we are set free by the power of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we invite your spirit to come and speak to our hearts at this time. We pray, Lord, that your word would stir in us and cause us to respond. Father, I pray that you would humble us, recognizing the need to be people who serve. And Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts to receive and respond. And we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 35. We're going to go just 10 verses today. The Bible says that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other and your left in your glory. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten, so the other disciples, had heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, as I mentioned before, Matthew 20 brings James and John's mother into the picture. Mark does not mention that, but Matthew does, that his mother was with them and was asking these questions of Jesus. And they're actually very self-centered questions. You see in verse 35, they say, We want you to do whatever we ask. You can just hear the selfishness in the midst of that. And then Jesus says, Well, what do you want me to do for you? And one thing to note with biblical servanthood is that it empties you of yourself. Earlier this morning, I mentioned that we need to be humbled. And one thing about humbling ourselves is it brings us to a place where we say, it's not about me anymore. It's about Christ, and it's about others. And if you truly want to serve in the way Jesus calls you to serve, you have to empty yourself of you. And that can be a hard thing, because we live in a culture that is very self-pleasing, self-acquiring. We, we pursue whatever works for me. That's the culture we live in. It's very self-centered. And Shaney said earlier, we need God to be at the center. You know, and maybe this whole COVID-19 situation has sort of kicked you off the of center and put Christ in his rightful place in your life. But to have true biblical servanthood the first point is it empties you of yourself. You cannot cling to your selfish desires and serve in the kingdom of God at the same time. Biblical servanthood empties you of yourself. The next point regarding biblical servanthood is that it doesn't jockey for position. And you can kind of see that between... Jesus' disciples, you know, it says the ten got indignant that James and John would even bring that kind of request to him. They got upset with that. And this request was for positions of prestige and power. And keep in mind here that the disciples may not fully understand what the kingdom of God looks like. They're thinking a literal set-up kingdom it's going to overthrow Rome, and I'm going to have a position with Jesus. And there's even some people that would say that James and John were cousins of Jesus, which means Jesus' aunt comes with his cousins and brings this kind of request, kind of like, well, maybe because we're family, we can maybe get this kind of request into Jesus and, and maybe get ourselves a position in his kingdom. But the thing about biblical servanthood is it, it doesn't jockey for position. And, and Jesus mentions the, uh, the Gentiles, and he says, they lord it over their people. And their high officials exercise their authority over them. There's a, a hierarchy, if you will. There's, there's these positions that, that are in place here, and there's such power, and, and people get power hungry. But if you want to be a servant, in the kingdom of God, there's no jockeying for position. I mean, if you start with square one, you say, I'm emptying myself of me, then whatever position it is shouldn't really matter as long as you're serving people. I can think in our world, people climb the ladder, the corporate ladder, or maybe they're 
They're out to get more and more in their own kingdom. They, if I just had a little more money, if we did a little more uh, of, our, of our jobs, if we had more, 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 then maybe we could do things. And it's very self-satisfying, self-gratifying, if you will. But what it can do is it can cause people to start to jockey for position. But if we have biblical servanthood at the front of our lives... You know, we don't look at people that way. We don't put, look at people as less than, than us. If anything, biblical servanthood, if there's any kind of jockeying for position, it should be that I need to become less and less so that I can serve other people and that I can lift up the name of Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the supreme position. And we lift him up. And we make him known. Not our own name. Not our own fame or prestige. But Christ's. Another point in regards to biblical servanthood is that it requires a cost or sacrifice. Now Jesus, when, when they ask him this question, Jesus asks back. He goes, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. When Jesus says this sharing of the same cup and sharing of the same baptism, he's speaking about sharing the same fate or this road of persecution, even persecution unto death. To follow Jesus, the Bible's very clear, you must die to yourself. That is a very hard thing for a lot of people. That's hard for us, even as followers of Christ. I mean, Jesus said you must pick up your cross daily. That means that if I'm a follower, there's going to be times where I'm going to still struggle with, with my own selfishness. I know I can relate to that. Maybe my own comfort zone or my own schedule my own resources, finances, you name it. But when it comes to following Jesus, it requires a great cost and a great sacrifice. And Jesus said you need to count that cost. And some people, they may not be willing to, to pay that price, to say, I'm, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. There's a fear there. It's like if you follow Jesus all of a sudden things in your life are going to be taken away. Things that you treasure. But the reality of it is, when you surrender your life to Jesus, He brings life and meaning into all the things that are in your life. He doesn't come to take those things away, unless, of course, it's something that, that is sinful. But in the midst of that, God brings purpose and He brings life into the things that you're doing each day. Considering this cup and this baptism and, and the, the great sacrifice and cost in following Jesus, you can count the cost, but I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you it from my own life, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. You know, while we're sitting on this particular point regarding biblical servanthood, that it requires 
a cost or a sacrifice, and I consider the kind of weekend that this is, Memorial Day weekend. You know, there are many people who, who have counted the cost, but they've paid a heavy cost and a heavy sacrifice so that you and I could be free. And we have a, a video here that I want to show you that, that speaks to this great sacrifice and what it means for these types of individuals' families. And so please watch this video as we continue. Dear Dad, after all these years, I've never stopped writing. I still remember many of the letters I've written you and the moments I wish you could have seen. But I'm trying real hard to remember that you told me you'll always love me and to write you all the time. I didn't want you to go, but you pulled me close and hugged me tight and you said that some things are worth fighting for. Dear Daddy, I learned how to roller skate today. You'd be so proud. I fell down sometimes and skinned my knees, so I tried again and again. I was brave just like you. Hey, Dad. Sorry I haven't ridden in a while. I'm 14 today. Can you believe it? Don't worry, though. No boyfriends. Mom and I are doing well. Sometimes we get lonely, but it's not too bad. Dear Dad, High school graduation. I really wish you were here today. College is just around the corner. I'm staying close to home, though. I figured you'd want me to help keep an eye on Mom. Dear Dad, today I married the man of my dreams. He reminds me of you. He's gentle yet strong. He loves serving me, and he can make me laugh all the time, just like you could. Granddaddy went ahead and walked me down the aisle, said that you'd be proud of me. It was a wonderful day seeing so many friends. We talked about you a lot and how we wished you were here. Oh, Daddy, I love coming to visit you. This time, I brought someone else, your granddaughter. I tell her about you all the time. We talk about the letters I write you and that maybe she can write you too someday. Yesterday, she told me she'd love to meet you. So I pulled her close, hugged her tight, and told her about how some things in this world are worth fighting for, even dying for. Love always, your daughter. part of that video it says that we thank the men and women who sacrificed their special moments so that we could have ours and I see the gospel in that you know the Bible says that Jesus came to serve and that he became a ransom a, a sacrifice so that you and I could be set free 
You know, at the beginning of this service, I read from John 8, and I gave you Jesus' words. And the Jews said, you know, we're descendants of Abraham. We're not in slavery. And Jesus flat out said, yes, you are, because you're sinners. And you're in this bondage. And so people walk around without Christ in their life, and they think they're free. But the scriptures say they're not. Jesus says you're a slave to sin. And so how did Jesus solve that? We have a great example of what he's done. And biblical servanthood is modeled by Jesus. And Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This message is about how the greatest serve, but I will take that that phrase and even spin it this way, that the greatest serve that's ever happened in history is when Jesus went to the cross. The greatest service is when Jesus laid down his life so that we could be set free from sin. There's a little bit of a paradox here in that so we're slaves to sin and Jesus says if you want to be in my kingdom and you want to serve, that word serve, there's some interesting things here. Diakonos means servant and doulos means slave. Jesus says you need to take on that that kind of mentality, that kind of character. Well, at the same time, he also speaks of this Greek word that's called lutron, which means ransom. And this ransom refers to the price that is paid to free a slave or a prisoner. Galatians 5 verse 1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's the paradox, is he's setting you free from slavery, but he's also saying as you enter into the kingdom of God, you serve. You become a slave in the kingdom, but I'm telling you right now, you're liberated from sin. And that's modeled, that great sacrifice and great servanthood picture is modeled by Jesus himself. When he paid it all on the cross so that we could be set free. So I ask you today, how might the Holy Spirit be speaking to you? What's he saying right now? Is there a place of response that he's leading you to? Are there people in your life that you can serve? Starts in the home. We can consider all the people around us that we should serve, and we can totally miss our spouse, our kids. Moms, dads, grandparents. But there's also people in the community, our neighbors, our co-workers. Who is it that you can serve? I was on a walk this week and I had a thought in regards to this message today. I'm holding in my hand right now a rain gauge. And we live in a culture where I know there's guys that will pick up the phone and call each other in the morning to see how much rain 
they got at this or that acreage or this or that town. You guys may know people and you might even be the person I'm talking to. But it's a big deal in our culture, the rain gauge. How much did you get? You know, and Jesus talks about there's different kinds of soil and that represents the heart. And there's some soil out there that's it's very difficult. And they're not quite ready to receive God's word. But then there's some soil. Jesus calls it good soil. And they're ready to receive the seed. And the seed is God's word. And I got to thinking about this. Only the Holy Spirit is the one who can cultivate the heart. I can't force anyone to make a decision. But one thing I can do is I can serve them. And I got to thinking, that's almost like rain, you know. And so... I think of this rain gauge and I think, what's our servanthood gauge looking like right now? You know, what would it look like if we, when we talk to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, is every now and then we just ask the question, hey, who have you been serving lately? How's that going for you? What's the, what's the gauge on that? And I'll even say, before you ask this sometime with somebody, what's, how much did you get? Ask that question first. Who have you been serving? And allow that to stir us as believers, as servants in the kingdom of God. My final question would be, has Jesus truly set you free? Has your life been liberated from sin? Perhaps you maybe have gone your own way, doing your own thing, But the reality of Jesus saying, you're a slave to sin until you come to me. Maybe the reality of that is set in for you right now. And you want him to set you free. Well, I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ. And to bring his freedom into your life. Will you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you so much for the great sacrifice that you made on the cross to suffer and die and to take upon sin so that we could be set free we must come now to a place of response have we recognized that we are slaves to sin and that we need set free if you're at a place where you want God to truly set your life free then I invite you to pray with me right now And say, Jesus, I ask you to set me free. I'm a slave to sin, and so I know in order to be set free from that, I need to come to you and ask for forgiveness of my sin. And I ask that you would change me, forgive me, make me a new person. Liberate my life to walk in the freedom of of the purpose that you have for me. And I thank you for this gift of salvation that you've given me. Help me to live for you from this day forward. I thank you now. And Father, for everyone that's listening, I pray that our hearts would truly be hearts that serve people, not focused on ourselves, not distracted by the things of the world, but focused in on serving people. 
Help us to know how to do that. Give us your eyes to see those opportunities. Give us great courage to step into those moments and be your hands and feet. And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were somebody that prayed to receive Christ today and have him set your life free, we want to direct you to a website right on our face or our, our homepage, faithccpalmer.org forward slash now dash what. We have a resource for you called Now What? And it's for the next steps in your faith journey. And we want to encourage you to go to that website. There will be also an opportunity, a form that you can request a free Bible. Also a free hard copy of this if you'd prefer a hard copy. But we want to get this into your hands and be able to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, that's our resource called Now What? Let's go ahead and close this service now with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time of worship together. We thank you that you've set us free from sin. Help us to walk in that freedom and not get caught up in the, the things that can pull us down and, and even bring us back into to feeling like we're in bondage once again. But truly liberate us in the power of the Holy Spirit and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you for this, Lord. Bless everyone that's tuning in. Guide their lives Lord, lead them, bless them so that they can be a blessing and to serve in the kingdom of God. And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us.